Hey, hey, beautiful human. Welcome to the Soul Revolution Podcast, your cosmic playground for mind, body, and beyond. If you're ready for an epic journey of transformation and evolution, you have come to the right place. Let me tell you, this is not your average self-help show. We are all about keeping it real, relatable, and a ton of fun. Get ready to be inspired by incredible stories that'll make your soul do a happy dance, expert guidance that will light your path, and discover a whole buffet of healing possibilities. Whether you're new to the mindfulness game or you're a seasoned spiritual explorer, we've got something for every human out there. So get comfy, hit that play button, and let's dive into the soul revolution where healing meets happy and magic happens. When I sat down with Janice the first time, when we had our first intro call, and she told me the work that she does in her business, My Body Couture, and she really helps people start overcoming healing their chronic body pain through movement. I was just like, yes, 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 you go girl, total fist pump, because I'm such a huge believer in reconnecting back to our body and getting out of our mind, right? We are such a society that's driven by our mind and our thoughts, which is great and beautiful, but we are so disconnected from our body. And being in chronic pain can hold us back on many levels. And so when we started talking about this first season of the Soul Revolution podcast, and I invited her to be on, I'm like, season one is all about awakening. And she's like, well, that's perfect. Because this one line that she said, I was like, you're sold. Like, You have to come in and talk about this. The one line that she said was, you cannot experience an awakening if your body's in chronic pain because you're going to be sitting there thinking about this pain on a constant basis. How can you meditate? How can you connect to your higher self? How can you even start envisioning a future of who you are and the things that you are being called to do if you're sitting with chronic pain that you cannot get out of? and that you don't even see an end in sight to. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so powerful. So I know that this conversation is going to speak volumes to you on many different levels, and I cannot wait for you to experience it. So let's go inside. Janice, thanks for joining us on the Soul Revolution podcast. I am so excited that you're here, and especially because this season we're talking all about awakening. And when you and I first chatted, and I mean, when we start like had our pre-call and we started talking about the body and awakening, and you were like, there is, I, I will just never forget it. And it clicked for me too. There is no way someone can move into an awakening if they're not connected to their body. Because when your body's in pain, when your body is hurting, that's all you're thinking about, right? Like that's going to just put a hard stop on so many things in life, but especially your, your personal growth, your spiritual growth, your like mental health and wellness. And all of that is so connected to awakening. And I cannot wait to dive into this with you. So let's do this. Let's do this. Yay. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's good. So when you, when we were talking about this, like, tell us a little bit about what you do in general with, with your work and how you help your clients with the body and where you're seeing the connection to working with them in, in healing their bodies and how you're seeing them awaken in that healing process with their body and what that looks like. In a nutshell, I'm a movement specialist. I help people 
essentially move load through their body. And we're doing that all day long, whether we think of it in kind of those dry terms or not. So every time we sit or we stand or we take a step forward or we pick up something or we hug someone, every single activity we're doing, we are moving with gravity, inside gravity, and we're moving load through the body. So what happens for a lot of people is we get stuck. Some of that load gets a little bit sticky. So we end up with back pain. We end up with hip pain or neck pain or knee pain. I could go on. You get the idea. And a lot of people kind of ascribe that to age or to illness. Um, yeah. And I actually don't really think that that's true. I mean, I can, I could logically link those together. Yeah. But right around time that we kind of do want to have that a bit of that spiritual awakening, our emotions mm-hmm. are shifting, we're coming into that maturity. That is mm-hmm. often the time that people start experiencing that pain in the body. Mm-hmm. So then they show up in my office, and it does tend to be quite tactical in their mind. Let me get rid of this knee pain. Let me get rid of this shoulder pain. Let me get rid of this knee pain. Wow. Okay. So they're coming in first just to get pain, like help with the pain. Okay. Yes. Typically. Yeah. And that's partly because in our society and in our culture, we've really separated out the mind, the body and the spirit. And I know that there are some disciplines. We're all familiar with the concept of yoga, maybe Pilates that kind of yoke those back together. But I kind of take it to another level because Mm. I'm working one to one with people. And I know in my own life that when, when we're sedentary, when we're out of shape, when we're focused on even those really, what does my hair look like? What does Mm -hmm. my body look like? My weight, my clothing, Mm -hmm. we're not really in a place to actually be spiritually connected. We're not into that awakening zone. We're really in the nitty gritty of insecurities, of Mm -hmm. aesthetic concern, of that's really disruptive to our bigger life purpose, to our mission, to that really mind being connected to the body, what's happening in the present moment. And then from there, obviously any kind of spiritual growth and connectivity. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, that makes so much sense. Like it just clicked because when that's the focus, like everything else lost, right? Like that's, it's like, you could be thinking about it, but there's not a lot that you feel like you have energy to do or put towards in that thing that you desire, like in awakening or getting deeper into your spirituality or practices or anything like that. If you're in, you know, in your body, can I ask though, especially for people who are listening and they're not familiar with like the term load is that like the load that we're moving do what are you like could that be just energy for me I'm translating it as energy but for you is that potentially the things that you just listed like the life things that that are happening like mental load almost or what is that what how do you see that with your clients it's all of the above so Mm. sitting here you and I actually have load of gravity for anybody who can't see the visual we're we're literally sitting in chairs I'm on the floor but there is actually forces of gravity coming down on our heads so even without actually moving without lifting anything there's there's actual earth load Mm, on us mm -hmm. but as somebody who does my own practices literally every single morning there is actually a whole other kind of loads so Mm. one of the greatest gifts of the pandemic for me was that I actually started getting up at 6 30 in the morning practicing my own work and it was at the same time every day and it was before anything else happened Mm -hmm. and I realized at that point I mean you name it it, 
it plays a factor. So it is what I ate the day before. It's the hydration. Mm. It's the air temperature. It's the air humidity. It's the stress in my life. It's the perceived stress yeah. in my life. It's my to-do list. It's ignoring my to-do list. Right. It's <laughs> my child's health. It's my health. Yeah. You name it. It's all part of it. And I think that that's where, you know, I referenced this already, but that's where our culture kind of says these are all bucketed separately. Mm-hmm. We know inside that they're not. Yeah. Right. But we also don't really know how to interpret that. Right. We don't know what load in a, you know, we use the word stress like it's a bad right. thing. We need some resilience for stress so it can be a good thing. But then yeah. how much is too much? How do we learn how to carry that load? And I always right. talk really the preparation that I'm giving clients is what is it that you want to accomplish mm. with your life? And yeah. the vast majority of people are not actually at all interested in anything sort of athletic or their body is, is right. literally a conduit for what they're doing. They want to connect with people. They yeah. want to be able to travel and explore that curiosity. Yeah. They want to make an impact. Right. And so that's what we need to prepare the body for. Mm. It's how do we develop that resilience to carry that load? And it's right. very different for person to person. Totally. So it that's really that's really where the juice is. Yeah. So the load. Yeah is what is everything going on in your life right where do you want to go and how do we actually prepare you for the resilience to carry that stress mm, I love this because that makes so much sense if you're coming at it from that practical sense because I, I feel like especially a lot of these conversations that I'm having around awakening a lot of times it's like people are it's almost like we stumble into our awakening right and we're just kind of it's just happening to us but really coming at it intentionally it feels like with in your the way you work with your clients and yourself like coming at it intentionally in awakening it's like coming to the body first what is it that I desire to do what is this what does this life look like and feel like like what is my soul calling me to do what is my spirit calling me to do what are my gifts and talents like does that play into a part with your clients as and then looking at like well where where's the load in the body where are you feeling the pain where are you feeling the stuckness and then working through that to open it up for them to start moving into that, which really sparks the awakening, right? Like really, it's like Absolutely. suddenly you have a whole new lens on. Absolutely. And within that, our emotions play a huge mm-hmm. part in that load as well. So part of my work is also, it's a bit later in kind of the arc of where I work, but uh-huh. when we feel stress, when we feel tension, when we feel sadness, mm-hmm. when we feel anger, if we're not processing that through our body, that becomes load in our body too. And we yeah. all I kind of know that if you, if you think about what it feels like to be stressed, the mo- vast majority of people feel that somewhere in the right. in the column of the chest, something might burn, something might clench, something might tighten up. That's not an open body ready to kind of take on more load. Mm-hmm. So we start with that very tactical, practical, let's get the joints moving. Let's make sure that the muscles are all balanced. But then we can move through that arc more and more to how are you processing emotions? Is that yes. actually moving through the body? Is it getting stuck? Are you? I mean, a lot of people really relate to the idea of having that ball of tension in the upper back, the mm-hmm. shoulders, the neck. The yes. And so let's move that out of there as well, because we also can't come into awakening if we're holding on to all of this tension. Absolutely. So it's, it's all the system of the way the body and the muscles and the mm-hmm. fascia work. Is there, there's a rhythmical flow. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a hydraulics. And if anywhere that gets stuck, we can't open it back up. Mm-hmm. And awakening is all about that opening. So it we, it needs to be, both be able to take that compression and yeah. to come into attraction or that opening. Yes, that makes so much sense. 
sense. Can you tell me about the arc you mentioned a couple of times, like what you're walking clients through and what that looks like? And do you see it? I'm curious to hear about it, but I'm envisioning it as almost could, could it, is it cyclical? Like, does it seem like once you kind of move through the arc, then it kind of happens again and goes again and again? I'm curious. I think so. I think it does because I often share that we go to school and we learn about math and we actually do that in cycles. We, in our education system, we go through the cycle three times. So you're kind of your math, your social studies, your English language, Mm. and we repeat that. So we do it in lower elementary and upper elementary and junior high. And then the culmination is high school where it's all kind of put into practical use, etc. Right. I don't see anywhere in our education system where we're doing that same system with the body. So mm. there isn't typically anywhere where we have people do movement and say, what do you feel? Right. What do you notice? Do you notice the difference between a compression at this area of the body mm-hmm. versus an opening or attraction at this area mm. of the body? How do you make this all? So quite often what I'm doing is really mm-hmm. taking people to that body school. They're coming mm-hmm. to body school and learning all of those basics and that does include some anatomy some muscle nomenclature this is the name of the bone because we can't actually have awareness of things that we don't know what they're called totally we don't know what they are and the and I do that because I want to hand that empowerment to a client so we kind of start there and it's it's not done in that kind of boring dry way like oh let's look at this muscle on a spreadsheet right it's we're moving and then I'll walk my skeleton Mm. share that bit of information and there's a constant dialogue what are you feeling what are you seeing Mm -hmm. what are you noticing and then I'll share what I see and feel and notice yeah and most of the time those match but occasionally they don't Mm. and so then we kind of dig a bit deeper into there and so it's a lot of let's learn about the body let's learn about your sensations let's put names to it. Let's actually discover what your body feels like when it is in neutral, when it is comfortable, what impacts that when you leave my space, what happens? Does that fall out of your body? What noticing and retaining through the week in between when I, you know, we have 168 hours in the week. If I'm spending an hour, what happens in those 167 hours? Body just head backwards, or does it does it retain it? And what kind of captivated you through the week? What did you what? And so within that, we kind of go we go through elementary school, and then we add in some emotional pieces of it if the client wants to, and then we yep we always circle back and we repeat it at a higher level. So there might be more coordination, maybe more balance. There may be more actual load. And and within that, there's always the mind piece. There's always the body piece. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to the fullest capacity that the client wants to. And some people don't want to sweat. Some people do. Some yeah. people never want to tackle any of the emotional piece. Some people do. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit better than school because yeah, it's <laughs> you personal. Be the boss of, yeah. of how far the maximum capacity is. Right, right. That's such a beautiful process that you're walking people through. And I love that you saw that like we're no one. You're right. I haven't heard of anyone who's taking people to back to their body in the way that you're doing it. And it's it's almost a very gentle way, but 
the structure is what we are human needs to connect, right? Like our human needs to know this, but you're right. It's the empowerment. And I'm a huge, huge, huge believer in teaching people so that they can take it and move on and not being dependent on, on us as the teachers, the healers, the mentors, the guides, you know, that they are stuck with us, but like, let me teach you what I know. And then you go and do it. You go and practice it yourself. Come back. If you need to, you're always welcome back. Right. Like if you want to, but not because you have to because want you've been given the tools you have the way and coming back into the community is because you love it with you right you love it in the space that we've created and that's why they want to come back so I think it's so beautiful that that's something that you also believe in in practice because you don't see that a lot either you know we see a lot of systems that kind of keep people staying in the in the system like school <laughs> like school <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and it's not really empowering right it's not empowering people to move forward on their own. Absolutely. I am a hundred percent all about agency. And Mm -hmm. I already mentioned this, but we have 168 hours in the week. I'm not with most people for 166 to 167 of those hours. And so when I kind of realized that years ago, I was like, it is far more important what this person does outside Mm -hmm. the studio than what they do inside the studio. So it is my job to do much more than kind of facilitate something Mm -hmm. that's happened here. Because if they walk out and they don't think about anything between here and there, we have a lot more time outside of me than inside. And not only that, but I would, I have, I have many, many certifications and I, these things take 50 to 200 plus hours to acquire. Right. And I would be awash in all this really deep knowledge. And then you would kind of come back out into the community and it gets boiled down to choreography and counting. And I'm like, where's Mm -hmm. all this great stuff that we just learned? Where's this cool fact, this actual depth of information? Right. And so I started applying what I thought was most interesting because for me, so it's almost like my clients are also getting a boiled down version of those Mm -hmm. this point. A small fortune in, in yes, right. thousands of hours. Yeah. It's like, here is really the practical, interesting things that you yeah. can take away of going and having to do this stuff. And it doesn't right. make any of those people a teacher trainer, but no. it makes, it gives them the information that at that level, at that level, at that level. Yeah. And people yeah. step up to it. So I think there is a big fear that people don't want to know anatomy or that they Mm. can't have it. And I haven't found that to be true. I think people eat that up when they're like, whoa, I can know all of this. Right. Sustain my body, be responsible for this. Right. And actually have some empowerment and control over yeah. it. And then I can get on with the things that I care about. Right. And we, I mean, we've known about this for years and years and years and years yeah. and years, because that's actually one of the reasons that yoga and meditation were hand in hand, mm. because you can't sit if you can't sit. Right. <laughs> Right. So if you're somebody who wants to achieve awakening through writing yeah. or journaling, meditating, yeah. or any spiritual discipline where you, you require your body to sit in stillness, how are you going to do that when your back mm. hurts or your knee or your mm. hip hurts? Mm. You can't. Yeah. 
your whole process. So that is centuries old information. I mm-hmm. certainly did not invent invent that wheel. Yeah. I'm just giving it to people in a more modern context because yeah. the average of my clients does not tend to come in and say, I want to sit on a mountaintop for six right. hours. <laughs> and have an awakening. <laughs> yeah. And have an awakening. Yes. But I do find that we can't get to spirituality if we actually aren't here in our earthly presence, which is yes. our body. Yes. Yes. That's, I'm telling you that when you said that exact line, like sitting in meditation, you can't sit and meditate and awaken if your body is in pain. I'm just like, everything just clicked in in that moment. Because I think especially as people who don't experience pain in the body, whether it's chronic pain or even just occasional pain that comes you know, here or there, or even if it's just emotional pain that's being manifested in certain ways, it needs to be moved out. We don't think about that for other people. And so then I'm like, now, like just you saying that, I'm like, there are a lot of the spiritual mentors, teachers and guides who probably aren't giving that kind of consideration. It's just like carte blanche. Okay, go meditate. I I'm guilty of doing that myself. Like legit. I'm like thinking of this right now because I'm not thinking of people who are not physically at a place where they could do it. You know, some pain's going to come up, like you said, in their knee or their back or whatever. And then that's going to mess up their mental load because they're going to, that turns into shame, frustration. Like, why can't I do it? What is wrong with me? Like, I must not be good at this. This isn't for me. Right. Like it starts spiral down down into the snowball that that's not true. It's just because your body's pain, right? It's like, let's dial it back. 100%. A bit. And on a, on a very tactical level, we yeah. currently live in a culture that most of us sit far more than we stand or right. walk. Yeah. So during the pandemic, I did some, you know, quick back of napkin math, but mm. we consider somebody who's active and fit, they go to the gym an hour or let's, yeah. let's say it's two a day. Well, we have 24 hours in a day. So what are they doing for the other 22? They minus yeah. eight to sleep, but you know, we're still really talking about 15, 16 hours of right. probably sitting at a desk, sitting on the couch, yeah. sitting in kind of that straightforward. And then we get into what is meditation. Well, we're not sitting on a couch meditating. We cross the legs. I have all of my clients when they start do kind of these, I call them movement tests. I should probably come up with a slightly better term. (laughs) They move around in a bunch of different ranges of motion. And then we start kind of a bit of a therapeutic practice. We go Mm -hmm. back and make sure that that actually improved the movement. They have more freedom, more range, all of that stuff. And then they go home and they do it. But as part of that, often I have people sit on the floor cross-legged and I would say 80 to 90% of people really struggle to sit on the floor cross-legged. And these aren't necessarily people that are, in fact, they're not. The average of my clients are 35 to 50. So it's not somebody who's old or infirm. Mm -hmm. Often, most often my clients do have some kind of background and some kind of interest in physical movement because Mm. it's very for you to be like, yeah. oh, I really want to see a movement specialist, even though I hate exercise. So, you know, these are these are folks often with an athletic history. They at one point used to be fit, or maybe they still are. So I would say that it's even an above average population in terms of that mobility. So how are we going to sit and meditate or journal or or really even do our best productive work at work? How are we going to be creative when we can't actually sit on the floor? Right. <laughs> 
Right. Like it's so huge. It's like, and I almost feel like that's such a, one of those big, big, small things. Like it's a small, it seems like it's a small thing, but it's huge. Like it's a huge part of if you desire to awaken, to be deeper in your spiritual practices, like move along in your, in your journey, that body is like crucial. It's crucial. And it's almost being overlooked, connecting it that way. I feel like we're on a rise where we're talking more and more about the body these days, but it's newer. It feels newer in that context of bringing it all together. Like you hear a lot of, oh, mind, body, spirit. It's like a beautiful tagline that people like to put on there, but that's not really practicing starting with the body and identifying if I have pain, I need to address this before I think that I'm going to be able to do this so that, you know, it's like, again, like I said, not um, setting themselves up to feel like they're failing or they can't do it because that's just going to slow the journey down. I mean, there's a lesson in everything also, right? But it's, Absolutely. And I I find that you're absolutely right. I mean, I do what I do because I couldn't find it anywhere. And even when I looked for kind of mind body work, I found yoga, obviously you'd have to kind of miss that. But I find in a, in a modern context, just speak for myself, I would come into a yoga class and it is quite often very directive. It's not there. There isn't kind of a space to dialogue. Like where am I supposed to be feeling this? What am I supposed to be feeling? Exactly. And so I would, I would hear cues like, you know, listen to your body. Well, what am Mm. I listening for? Right. What am I supposed to interpret? When I do pick up a sensation, do I go more into it or do I lean away from it? Or is Mm. it just there? I've never been given information about what I'm listening to or what it means. And so then I kind of kept digging and I did find, I actually trained with Dr. Gabor Mate because he has a technique Mm -hmm. that trains somatics with, with the emotions. And then I would say that's like a secondary community that's really therapy and mental health focused that I'll using somatics on top. Love that. There's there's very few clinicians like myself, and I'm not the only one in the planet. But we are kind of an emerging breed where the body work is first Yes, with that understanding of really how to get into the body and then fusing the the mental health aspect on top. And there's a huge piece of part of what makes something mind-body work is being present in the body. Mm, And that's really challenging because we have to keep coming back to what do we feel now? Right. What do we feel now? Yes. It's such and a so conscious practice, to, right? Yes, like what a yes. conscious, I mean, like you got to be dedicated to this and I'm like, yes, so do. dedicated to this all the time. Like it is pure dedication to this awareness and consciousness just about your body. I mean, we're, we're trying to stay in awareness and consciousness to a lot of things around us. Right. But it's like, just about my body. What am I feeling now? Where am I feeling it? Like that's, it, it's all, it's work. It really conscious work, but it's, it, and I think sometimes it could probably sound like a lot, right? If you if you're not being guided or led like by someone like yourself or taught how to, because what what I keep hearing in the words that you're speaking is your people who work with you are getting the how. Like that's what's missing, yes. right? It's like you were saying, like like in yoga, they're telling you just what's your body feeling like. But most people who are just moving into spaces like this and wanting to connect deeper with their body, mind, or spirit, and you know, there there's no how. Like they're not being taught the how. And I feel like that's what's coming through your work is you're teaching, you're giving 
paving people the way, but it's also how to get there. Absolutely. And there's a huge part of it that actually is linguistics. So mm-hmm. we live again in a world where we yes. name things and it's yes. really hard to notice things that we don't name. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of always chuckle because I do find that women as a whole, there's definitely individual exceptions, but we definitely have a little bit more vocabulary around their body. And I, I yeah. personally believe that's because there's a lot more focus on women's bodies, right. but a lot of that vocabulary is really linked to aesthetics quite often. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. men often have kind of like, <laughs> I end up <laughs> laughing because men quite often there's, there's one way to describe a change in the body feels looser. Yeah. And there's not really any other, other linguistic there and so I actually engage in that dialogue to try to add you know is there is there temperature is there a color is there length is there compression and I will often even describe it as we are often most aware of our body when it's uncomfortable so that's kind of what I would call a black shape so if I held up a pair of sunglasses we could identify it by what we would call the black shape but when we take it away can we notice that can we notice the white space can we notice what's not there. Mm. And that's where people really struggle as well is we can notice it when something is alarming, like, oh, wrong. But what do we notice when that is absent? So how did that's how I know how I'm maintaining my body and whether I'm doing enough. It's not by my aesthetic. It's kind of that white space identification. And so learning those linguistics around your body parts and what's happening there allows you that specificity and it gives you that agency. And I actually will mirror Mm -hmm. the client's linguistics because people have different ways that they relate to their body. But it usually the first time that we're ever asked to do that, it's like, I don't know. Right. Totally. (laughs) So that's where the practice is. It is in actually being able to notice, name, identify, and have it be Mm. conscious quickly. So we practice until that happens. Then at that point, it's, it's simple. It's, you don't need to spend half an hour a day doing it. Mm. It just comes to you. Like, how's my body? Right. How's my body? Oh, little crick in the back. How's Mm -hmm. my body? I feel that that little white space in my hip needs a bit of attention. Mm. Now, because we don't have a history in our culture of doing that as children, it can take a little bit more time as adults to develop that. Mm. But I haven't ever had a client where it takes more than a few months because it's something that's very inherent to our nature. It's not a completely foreign skill where we're like, oh, we have to work on this for five years to really master it. Right. It tends to come fairly quick and we can build on that success. But really, it's a lot of it really is about developing that vocabulary yeah. and then doing it over and over again until it's second nature. So good. Like it literally, you described it perfectly, like school, like yeah. literally. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> like I love literally that. school. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So now I love all it. Like I can totally see this and I connect with it. And now let's, I'm like envisioning myself, like having gone to you and I'm learning all of this and I'm new. What have you seen? seen your clients, especially people just coming in where they're like looking for help and healing their body? Like where do you see them awakening? And do you see them taking like starting to move in with their gifts and their talents and doing things and creating things once that space is open? Because I like I have a healing modality, right? So and that's instantly when someone heals a wound, it immediately their creativity is sparked because they're moving out this energy that they've been storing in for so long and releasing all of this emotion 
emotion. And it's just like sparks are flying everywhere. And it's so profound to witness that part of it. And I'm I'm so curious to see or hear what you're seeing through your client in healing their body and getting to know their body better and listening to their body and moving that energy out. I mean, when you when you asked that, said that I, I get goosebumps because yeah. that is actually honestly the most rewarding part of my work is I consider myself a facilitator. I'm not a teacher. I'm not right. an instructor. It's facilitating something that's inside somebody. Yes. And it's just, it's, it's literally taking that piece of marble that is the David sculpture and just chipping away at those pieces. And then the statue is there. And what I find most miraculous is actually once you kind of unveil that statue, it feels so good to people that they maintain it. Mm -hmm. It's something very different than kind of having somebody from the outside whipping you. So I have clients that, you know, a decade later, they're still kind of doing the same techniques that to keep their body maintained or they'll come to me and say, I can still hear your voice in my head. Wow. That's Um, amazing. But it just, it really opens up those gifts and I get to watch people. It's do all the things. It's all Mm -hmm. the things. It's everything from, you know, I've had people tell me their entire goal is to get off an airplane without pain and, you know, watch them travel. I've had a couple of 30 something people that wanted to go to Europe and they were able to actually do that without yeah. without Worry, you know, worrying they, about their pain yeah yeah they could barely walk down the street I've had people that share with oh. me that they want to play with their grandchildren and they're able mm. to actually have that oh life gosh. and that themselves I've had people avoid surgeries that that the health system mm. told them were necessary and they were able to completely circumvent that and go on to oh. in one case this woman was able to have children and you know I don't I don't promise that no, that's, for sure that's no, no, no. yeah result, but she was able to accomplish that when it had seemed medically completely out of reach before yeah. before that point so it's everything from kind of those miracle stories to just average average results where it's like I can just live my life without thinking yes. about this and, yeah um, which that's a miracle and, on its own you know it is it yeah. is I think it's also it's it's so freeing to walk away from the model of health fitness that's really based on aesthetics. So I always say mm. behind every aesthetic concern is a functional concern. So if we're worried about our abdomen, we're like, oh, it's so fat. It's often because we don't really have muscle tone there. So we yeah. get some muscle tone in there. People are feeling great. They're feeling confident. They stop that whole circle of like the diet story. Yeah. Yeah. And try and then and then they buy clothes in their proper size mm. and they're like working it and feeling confident. And I remember I had a client who came to me one day just jumping up and down almost and she was renovating her home and she came in and said, you know, I just got back from the store where I have often purchased supplies for this for the contractor. And today they dealt with me totally differently. And it was her wow. energy, it was her posture. Yes. And you know, it's it's small things like that where I'm just like, yeah, we mm-hmm. did it. Right. Because she can go about her life with that confidence without standing worrying about what other people are thinking about her, yeah. negotiate something and get a better deal in that case. She had a much more positive exchange. And that's the kind of stuff I just live for because I'm like, that's totally. awesome. Like you're living up to whatever potential. And like, I, you know, I don't want to go into a contractor store, but like, yeah. that's what she wanted to do. Right. Yeah. So, right. It's like I mean, awesome. it's you, there's nothing better than knowing that 
that you're the work that we're doing is literally helping people wake up to who they really are, wake up to the life that they know that they want to live because the, a life in pain in our body, anywhere in pain, like mental, spiritual, emotional, physical, that's not living life. That's just living with the pain. And that's not the life we were created to live. And so just hearing you do that and hearing those miracle moments with those clients is like, you're right. That's the most soul filling thing. I mean, that's why we do what we do, right? Because yeah, like we're set, we're helping people to set themselves free to live, to really live life. Yeah. And I always describe it as let's get your body out of the way so that you can mm. live the way you want to live. And that sounds like a funny thing to say, but yeah. a lot of people really truly look in the mirror and they see their body as an obstacle. It's too fat. It's too short. It's too this. It's too that. And it's too old. It's too wrinkly. It's, it's in pain. Mm. And they end up actually and energetically devoted in a lot of time to hating what they're seeing and so we can get that out of the way we can get pain out of the way and we can really make that both a portal and something and or something that it yes neutral so that we're able to actually invest that energy into positivity and I would say as well for a lot of people they don't have a great relationship with exercise exercise is kind of a means to the end it's a new year's resolution it's some kind of like I'm in this camp like traumatizing yeah And so, you know, rewriting what we can do with our body is also where it's like, because we're not going to have any kind of spiritual or any other kind of awakening when we're doing it because we hate. Right, right. That's like totally counter. (laughs) Totally counter. Yeah. (laughs) So when we're talking about this physical portal that we have for the universe and the planet, Mm. if we're approaching that with hate, how do we then Mm -hmm. actually approach the rest of our life with love and openness? kindness and unity right we can't we actually can't this (laughs) right here is the fire (laughs) all the snaps all the claps this is so good so good so true i can't even say it better i have a question for so two-part question can clients only work with you you're in canada can are, are you only in person based because we have listeners all over the world if someone is drawn to your work and they're not in canada do you have a way for people to work with you online and for someone who just wants to get started and perhaps they're not ready to like work with someone do you have practices or tips or something that could get them started at home to connect with their body to really start listening and tapping in what would you recommend for someone who's someone who's listening now that wants to start doing it different those are super good questions so the answer to the first question is i do have a digital practice and at this moment it is one-to-one but the good news is there is going to be a full relaunch of a digital program Mm. where you can learn kind of the body school component. I'm actually literally working on that as we speak because one of the hardest elements really was how do I take these unique elements of that one-to-one work and create that experience for a group of people. So we're doing it right now. So Mm, I don't have a long date for that. 
Yep. But you can reach out and just tell me, hey, yeah. let me know when it's launching and I will I will do that. Uh, the second question is how do we how do we get started? Yeah. So that can be done by just reaching out to me and asking. The second thing I would recommend, I actually am a writer mm-hmm. and I record a lot of pieces for Elephant Journal. So just follow me there and I do provide answers to a lot of those in written pieces. You yeah. can also record I write a piece. And so quite often those are done through, I share a personal experience that I've had. Mm. I connect with the work myself and then I walk you through a few tips. So it's a little bit less of like a women's service magazine where we're like top 21 tips right. to feel in your body. Yeah, right. But so, but I do answer a lot of it is through kind of those emotional concerns, yes. posture, different things like that. Um, and that. I'm doing it in the same way we did here on the podcast mm-hmm. where there mm-hmm. always has to kind of be that why and that piece of education. Yeah. With it. It's yes. less about kind of coming into your living room and banging out the exercise and just hoping yeah. that you're going to get the result. Yeah. So there's always that kind of education piece. So follow my writing if that's, yeah. if that's your jam. And Perfect. of course connect with me on the socials, ask yes. the questions. I respond yes. to everybody who reaches out. So those. even if you even if you just want a tip or an idea or hey, do you have an article about this? I'll either write it or I'll direct you to it. I love this so much. Thank you for your time, for your expertise, for sharing your way and how you're serving the world. This is so important. And I'm just I'm so honored to have you on the first season of the Soul Revolution podcast and have you share your wisdom and your your light and your love and your energy. Like it's just so filling for me. And I know that everyone that's listening is going to experience the same. So thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. We hope your soul is stirred and your human has been inspired. Now, the magic doesn't stop here. We would love to have you with us over in our Happy Human community on Facebook, where you can connect more with our guests, get access to free tools and resources, and best of all, be immersed in a really rad community that will continue to support you on your journey. Simply search Facebook for Happy Human Community, that's human spelled H-Y-O-U-M-A-N, and we will see you on the inside. Now, if you're hungry for even deeper transformation, please visit happyhuman.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-H-Y-O-U-M-A-N.com and sign up for our next Core Wound Healing Group session. This is our pay what you can offering to the world because we truly believe that healing should be accessible to every human. Remember, your presence helps the world shine even brighter. So keep seeking healing, keep spreading the love, And keep embracing the happy human within you because that is the key to your soul revolution.